I don't think you should be afraid of not getting good or being a pro. I mean, in skiing, no one in the history of skiing has ever been like, oh, I'm not going to be a professional skier, so I'm not going to go skiing. Um, so like, I think it's so silly when people think that about ballet because <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're not going to be a pro, it's still fun and you can still get really good at it even if you start as an adult. Hey dancers, welcome to the show. I'm Julie and I'm your host today on this episode of Broche Banter. I both own and teach at Broche Ballet, a virtual ballet school just for adults. Join us as we explore all things adult ballet. Today on the show, I chat with Julia, a ski instructor who recently began ballet as an adult. We talk a little bit about how she finally decided to pursue ballet, first getting started following along on YouTube and then joining my online studio soon after that. But we also dive into the incredible similarities between skiing and ballet and how both need an incredible amount of control over rotating our legs. The day after we recorded this episode, Julia reported back that she had told her other ski instructor friends about how some adults have limiting beliefs that they wouldn't be able to improve their turnout or that they're stuck with what they have. (laughs) You wouldn't believe it, but her ski instructor friends were legitimately confused as to why anyone would even think that. That's how sure the community of ski instructors is that you can improve your turnout. You are sure to love Julia's optimistic outlook and incredibly unique perspective. Enjoy. Don't forget, we have one more bonus episode in season one coming next week, and then look out for season two coming in just a few more weeks. Welcome to the show, Julia. I'm so excited to get a chance to chat today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So we danced together um, at home, but together on the internet. Um, and you recently started ballet. Tell me how you got into it. Well, I do a lot of other very physical sports. I'm a skier. I'm a ski instructor full time. Um, and I mountain bike and trail run and do off-road triathlons and the like. So I'm always looking for ways to kind of cross train and um, kind of maintain my strength and flexibility. And I like in the back of my head, like I did ballet as a child. So I ballet has always kind of been in the back of my mind. And during the pandemic, I was looking for kind of new and creative ways to do all that strengthening and stretching. And I came across um, like online ballet. I think it was on YouTube. I forget what YouTube channel I was on, but I found a YouTube video and I was like, wow, that looks so cool. I'll try it out. (laughs) Um, And it just kind of cascaded. I did like a deep dive into the YouTube ballet world. (laughs) And then I discovered Broche and I was just like signed up immediately. I was like, oh, this is amazing. (laughs) That's Uh, so exciting. Um, I have so many questions. Let's see where to start. So first of all, I'm curious, have you been able to work throughout this whole pandemic? I mean, your, your sports are outdoors, but I think there was still definitely some closures in terms of like ski areas and things during all of this. So what has it been like from your perspective? Well, the ski areas, so last March we shut down, um, for the end of last winter and that was really sudden. Um, it was kind of like I was teaching one day. And then at the end of the day, they were like, okay, you got to clean out your locker. We're closed. Um, and that was kind of shocking. (laughs) 
Um, but I do backcountry skiing, so I was still able to get my skiing in. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, I kind of took the summer off of work and was helping my mom with some health issues and doing the whole quarantine thing. Um, did a lot of mountain biking. And then um, this winter, ski areas have been open here in California. So everything, like operations look a lot different, but I have been able to teach ski lessons and do that full time. Awesome. Back to work. Good. Yes. Good, good, good. And what ages do you teach skiing? Mostly age three to 12. Amazing. But I do occasionally teach adults. (laughs) Um, And so I have many questions about how in the world you teach a three-year-old to ski, but um, (laughs) before we get to that, um, uh, okay, so everything you named there seems like rather thrill-seeking or like gives you an adrenaline rush or like would be rather exciting. And then we're talking about going to ballet where we move at a snail's pace and the point is to move slowly and all of that. Do you, does it, does it scratch a different kind of an itch or do you find it actually similar? They seem totally different to me, but I'm curious your perspective. I think it's interesting because I think they're actually really similar because all those sports require very precise body movements Hmm. and ballet also requires very precise body movements. Hmm. Um, and it's really cool to finally get it right when you can like feel in your body that you've got it right. So it's like in skiing, when you like nail that turn perfectly or in mountain biking, you like get the right flow. Um, it's kind of similar in ballet when you like nail a turn, (laughs) um, or land a jump perfectly in balance. Uh, it's actually kind of a similar feeling like it's definitely not the same as going straight down a mountain, but um, I think in terms of the body movements, it's kind of similar. Fascinating. Um, I suppose it makes sense that those would be very technical activities as well. Yes. <laughs> Fascinating. Um, as someone who never got past the lodge uh, in the ski resort, <laughs> I don't know enough to know that they're similar. <laughs> The lodge is fun too. <laughs> the lodge is where it's at. I'm it's that lift is too big a barrier for me. <laughs> um, so, okay. So you teach all of this. How much technique do you teach at the age of three? Or is it just like getting them used to the motions at that age? And when do, when are you able to start introducing the precision? I think in my lessons, I tend to introduce precision pretty soon because I think because skiing, it all builds on itself. So you have to kind of be able to break those movements down into a three year old language. So you can still teach leg rotation to a three year old, but it might instead of being like rotate your legs in, you say, okay, let's make a triangle with your feet. Um, And it's just kind of like changing the language. But I think you can actually teach young kids very technical skills. But the language is different. Amazing. And then what, what are they, what can they do at that age? Can they, like, it seems like they can do very little in terms of other motor skills. How, how does it work with skiing? That's fascinating. I think it depends on the amount of practice they have. I mean, it, they, they progress a lot slower than an older kid or an adult. Um, it'll usually take several lessons, sometimes a whole season of skiing for them to get where an older kid or an adult can get in one day. Hmm. Um, and it also depends if like how athletic or how coordinated the kid, it depends on kid to kid. 
Um, but some of the three-year-olds are like ripping around the mountain, like <laughs> skiing up on the chairlifts, doing like they're amazing <laughs> what they can do. But it does take a lot of patience and practice. <laughs> Tell me about your definition of coordination. Um, I think it's people who have learned to move their bodies. Um, with kids, it's like you can tell when a kid is allowed to play outside or allowed to move um, when they uh, like they have the strength built up that they play other sports. Um, it's kind of easy to tell in a kid if they have exercised in other areas when they come to the ski resort. Because skiing is a lot of exercise. So <laughs> when when they don't have a background in other sorts of movement, it can be kind of a rough day for them. Fascinating. And can you teach it if they don't have it already? Well, they can get skiing, um, but it... <laughs> It usually is one of those like slower to develop skills. So it takes them coming back more and more. Right. And it's something that you can develop over time. Um, it's not something that just kind of happens in one day. I don't think it's something that I don't think it's something that you're necessarily like born with. I think it's something that you get from practicing or from moving in other areas. Like you're not like a natural skier. It's just you're strong because you also play soccer or do dance or gymnastics or something. Interesting. So it's like they, you, everyone's learning the coordination somewhere. Everyone who has it learned it somewhere. It's just a matter of whether they learn it on the slopes with you or if they've learned it before they get there somewhere else. Right. Right. And I learned to ski as an adult. So it, a lot like in my first lesson, they asked me what sports I played growing up. And I was like, well, I did ballet when I was really young. And I also did soccer and swim team through college. And they were like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> and so I, I did pick it up pretty quickly, um, but it's because I had that background in moving my body. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, sometimes with, with many adults, there is a massive amount of anxiety around turning or jumping or things that create a physical sensation in the body. Um, number one, did you have that when you started skiing? And number two, do any kids have that too? Or is that not a thing that kids have and that only adults have? I don't remember having, I think I was just so excited to learn to ski that I wasn't necessarily scared. Um, but I think I do see it in a fair amount of people like kids and adults, especially adults. Um, I think they're afraid of falling. Uh, and on the snow, at least if you fall, it usually doesn't hurt. Cause like the snow is slippery and you're wearing slippery clothes and, it's like you fall and you just fall down on the ground and you kind of look silly for a minute <laughs> um, and then you can get back up. I think with ballet, it's a little scarier because you're going to like smack on the ground. <laughs> um, and the same in mountain biking, like when you when you crash on your mountain bike, it hurts really bad. Uh, but I think once you kind of get over the fact, like I think it takes falling like a couple of times to just kind of be like, OK, I'm not dead. I'm fine. That hurt a little bit, but I'll be OK. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and that's what I tell my kids when they fall down and they start crying. And I'm like, you're, you're okay. Like, was that scary? And they're usually like, yeah. Um, it's like, okay, it's okay to be a little scared, but we're going to get back up and we're going to try it again. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that that's a great message. I love that. It's okay to be a little scared, but that doesn't mean you have to stop. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's unrelated. 
Um, so, so now you're in, now you're kind of super excited about ballet, right? You're like so into it and, and really, really loving it. Um, have you always kind of wanted to do it? Was this a recent passion? How, how has this been budding for a while? Well, I think the first time I thought about doing ballet again was in college. My college had like a dance production and one of my friends did, she like choreographed this really cool ballet dance. And I hadn't done ballet. I quit ballet when I was like 12. So I was in college and I was like, wow, this is so cool. And I like went to the studio and like watched her like with her dancers. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, do you think I could do ballet again? And like everyone was kind of like, eh, you've been out of it for kind of a while. And like swimming's your main thing now. I was on college swim team and it's like, well, you, I don't know, like people don't really start ballet again when they're in college. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll just watch <laughs> um, and just be really excited for you. Uh, and then like a really long time went by. And then um, I think I was like mildly looking for some studios a couple years ago and like never really like I found one. And then I was kind of like, well, I'm already really busy with everything else that I do. I just, uh, and then like this time around the pandemic and like I had a lot of time and it was online and I was just like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's the time. It's the time. Yes. And, the timing is exactly right. And how does it feel now that you're doing it? I love it. I love it. I feel like it's something that's been missing. Um, it's, I feel like it's a nice compliment to all the kind of like nitty gritty sports that I do. Definitely. It's so, it's, it's a, it's a very, very fun art form to learn. It's so detailed and cerebral. Yes. Yes, for sure. Do you have goals with ballet at this point or is doing it and coming to class and enjoying every moment a good enough goal? Where are you at with your dreams here? I feel like doing it and coming to class is enough. Um, but I've been learning the Swan Lake dance on my own because I can't come to the I can't come to the weekend classes because I'm teaching skiing um, so I've been doing them on demand and I've been practicing in my living room and it's so exciting to like actually learn a dance uh, and then I think one day I'd really love to do point like I would really love to do point right before I quit ballet I was like so close to being on point like they were basically like getting me ready to do point and then I was kind of like ah. then I quit um, so I was it's something that I never got to do when I was younger. And I, it's something that I would really like to do and work towards now. Well, definitely people who get on point and do other, I would call them extreme sports, um, usually don't have as much pirouette anxiety as people like me who were afraid of the chairlift and then <laughs> get on the point shoes. And it's like, that's the riskiest thing I've ever done with my body. Uh, so de <laughs> definitely when you have that threshold higher, the point shoes are like a, a more natural progression in your, in your ballet training. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm very curious to hear about your experience. Um, it's, it's always great to have people on the show who are rather new in the ballet world, um, rather new to ballet as an adult, right? I mean, you've done it a little bit as a kid, but what, what, what has it been like learning ballet? Has it been overwhelming? Has it made sense? Are there areas that are confusing? Is there anything where you're like, gosh, the teacher keeps saying that, but I just don't know what the heck it means. Or how, how has the experience been? I think I've like 
I'm the type of person that will thoroughly research any topic. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was in, when I was, before I found brush, I was a little confused because I was kind of like, oh my gosh, I forget what all of these things mean. Um, and I was like on Google, like looking up all the terms, <laughs> um, like looking at all the YouTube videos. And then when I found Broche, I feel like I was able to kind of like do a lot of videos like in a sequence. And then I was kind of like, oh, okay. And like get into a groove and it kind of started to like be more of a progression. Mm. Um, and it made a little bit, it made a lot more sense. <laughs> um, and like now if I miss a class, I can like pick up where I left off, which has been really good. Yeah. yeah piecing it together with the YouTube videos was confusing. <laughs> oh, I bet. Cause you're, everything is, some things are labeled beginner that are actually like actually quite advanced and some things are labeled advanced that are more beginner. And so if you're trying to find like beginner stuff, it can be, it can be pretty complicated. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really hard. <laughs> like for, for beginners, for beginners. What? No, this yes. is, this is for beginner intermediate this is not at all beginner beginner yeah <laughs> um I noticed you recently posted about some flexibility goals how how has flexibility been in this in this uh process for you that's been awesome um I yeah I've never been very flexible even when I did ballet as a kid I was like the last person in my class to get the splits and like I after I quit ballet I like couldn't even touch my toes and I haven't been able to touch my toes since I quit ballet. Um, even like when I did swimming and I was stretching every single day. Uh, and like I did a bunch of yoga, I've done yoga for a long time and still like never been able to touch my toes or like do a full downward dog without bending my knees, <laughs> um, things like that. And I think the way that ballet kind of combines the strengthening and the stretching worked really well for my body. <laughs> Um, and I can really feel different muscles getting stronger that I think have actually helped with the flexibility, because I think I always was focusing on like flexibility and not the strength so much. Mm. Um, and then just doing the ballet and like the various strengthening exercises associated with it have really helped kind of get my body into the right alignment to actually start gaining flexibility, which has been really cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I that's actually really exciting. Um, that ballet itself was helpful with flexibility. That's great. Um, it's I'm sure it helps too that you have so much body awareness in terms of feeling certain muscles and being able to be aware of what's going on in your body. Right. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> Definitely helpful. Whenever you yeah. talk about like certain muscles, I'm kind of like, oh, I know what she's talking. I get that. You're like, I I know that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So skiing is a lot of internal rotation, right? You'll have a lot of like time turned in or is it more? Yes. Yeah. So that's interesting. It's a lot of leg rotation in general. Hmm. Um, ski, so the way you steer your skis is via leg rotation. I so when, hmm. if you're doing like what they call the pizza, you're, you're twisting your legs in. Um, but when you're doing a parallel turn, you are kind of twisting them both in the same direction. Yeah. So one kind of rotates externally and one kind of rotates internally. Um, and then there's also like when you're trying to walk across the flat part, you have to turn them both out to kind of like waddle up the hill <laughs> or else you're going to slide backwards. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, 
So what how do you I do a lot of when I'm teaching little kids on the magic carpet. So when you're talking about turnout, I'm like, oh yeah, I do that all day long when I'm teaching beginners. That's so funny because, you know, when, when you first started coming to class, I was like, I figured you'd been dancing for a really long time because you already have so much turnout and strength in your legs. Then you tell me you haven't been dancing for that long. And I'm like, wow, how, what, how did this happen? <laughs> what, you know, what, what happened here? Cause it's unusual to have someone who actually has, ex- why would you have external rotation as a human other than if you're, you know, standing externally rotated for an entire day at full time. <laughs> so that makes Maybe a lot of the sense. magic carpet all day, every day. <laughs> now I can piece it together. Um, yes. So a, a lot of adults come to ballet thinking they won't be able to improve their turnout. I guess in skiing, you've probably seen lots of people change their ability to turn their legs. Have you also seen people change their range of turnout, their strength of turnout? What have you seen happen in the world of skiing? Oh, absolutely. I think it's they're not muscles that you use in everyday life. Um, and I think a lot of people don't have a lot of awareness of them. So whenever I'm teaching beginners, I do have them do different exercises to just like feel their legs twisting, like with their skis off. I'm like, take your skis off and we're just going to like twist our legs around. Like sometimes I'll like with little kids, I'll have them turn around in a circle or like sit down and like windshield wiper their legs or have them point their toes together, things like that, because they're not muscles that you use normally. Um, and with kids I have as like repeat kids, I'll do those exercises every time I have them as a warm up. So until they can kind of do it with their skis on. Mm. And then once they can do it with their skis on, they tend to get stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's like, as you get better and better at skiing, they get stronger and stronger and stronger because they get used more. Yeah. Yeah. So it is possible to strengthen those muscles. It's very possible. Right. I guess you see it happen all the time on the ski slope. Yes. Fascinating. Um, Yeah, that's so interesting. Have you also seen, do you have to work on range or the amount that you have to turn? Or is it mostly just strengthening the fact that your legs are turning? I think range is important. Usually children don't have massive flexibility issues in their hips. Like they're little noodles. They can just, sometimes they end up in little positions that I'm just like, wow, how are you not like screaming in pain? And you like, their legs are all twisted up and you just pick them up and their, their legs just go and like twist back into normal. It's kind of like, oh my gosh. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I think working on the range and Honestly, I think the range is related to strength Mm. because it's kind of like, like when a kid first learns to turn their feet, we call it duck walk with the little kids where they're kind of turning their feet out to waddle up the hill. When they first learn duck walk, they often can't do it enough to even get purchase on the snow. Yeah. Um, And they still slide backwards. So you still have to keep practicing and practicing turning their feet out far enough, far enough, far enough that they can actually like get enough purchase on the snow to kind of waddle up. But I think that comes with strength. I think the range is because of the strength. So as they strengthen those rotator muscles, their range gets better. Yeah. It's like you're able to hold it. You're able to hold it in its max um, contraction, like to be able to operate in the maximum contraction of the muscle is very, very challenging in the beginning. But then when you can, you can maintain the amount that you have. 
Right, right. And it's the same when they're doing the pizza, which is the internal rotation. So a lot of times they can't do it very far and they'll still rock it down the hill. So like teaching them to like be stronger and hold the pizza in a bigger shape um, with the internal rotators too is it's the same. It's the same deal. <laughs> How do you keep knees safe in skiing with all this rotation? Um, well, you teach kids to stand in an athletic stance. You should always be standing in an athletic stance. So having your hips over your, over your feet, you don't want, like, you don't want your hips to be behind your heels ever. Cause when you kind of like sit down in that position and like the way your ankles are locked in, it's, it can put a lot of strain on your knees. So when you're standing up over your skis, it puts less pressure on your knees. Hmm. Also, it kind of gives you a better position to be rotating your legs from rather than, cause I'll, I'll often have skiers that kind of lean back when they ski. And it's actually really hard to rotate your legs when you're leaning backwards. So teaching them to stand up tall, like have your hips over the middle of your foot. Um, it actually makes it easier to rotate your feet and your skis. It's a lot more comfortable. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's exactly the same in ballet. A lot of people come in with their hips sticking out in the back and then they can't find their rotation. So the first thing in ballet is the same thing. Get your pelvis neutral, get your, well, neutral never feels neutral to someone who's never done it before, but get your hips tucked under you so you can rotate your legs. Although I don't think it's quite the, quite the same because there's no bend really for us, but um, the hips have to be in the right place or else the turnout doesn't work. If you don't have your hips there, you can't access these muscles. Exactly. It's a lot more forward than people think they need to be. Yes. And I think in ballet, you have to stand up a little bit taller than you think you need to. Always <laughs> more forward than you think. Yes. <laughs> and you and you always have to operate under the assumption that your body is trying to revert back to normal. Therefore, you must always work to keep it from reverting back to normal. That's often a confusing thought is that you think you set your legs turned out and they will stay there, but you, but it's not, it's a constant action. Right. Right. It's not just staying there, but I guess with skis, the benefit maybe as far as training, this is that your skis actually will just start drifting. Right. So you can probably more easily see them if you're not doing it properly. Like if you're not able to hold it, then you'll just fall down the mountain and you can tell if you're holding your turnout properly. Yeah. You have the visual of your skis. It helps a lot. It's like wearing gigantic <laughs> shoes on your feet. <laughs> you can see the shapes your feet are making very easily. <laughs> That's hilarious. Maybe we need to get longer ballet slippers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whereas skis with the part cut off past the heel. Yes. <laughs> oh man, that's too funny. Um, I, we talked a lot about skiing and not much about ballet in this process, but I think it's actually fascinating how similar they are in terms of your hips and the rotation of your legs and all of that. Um, have you noticed anything change with your skiing since starting ballet? I feel a lot stronger. Like my balance feels a lot better. Hmm. Um, also being in ski boots all day, I used to have a lot of like, like my back would start to hurt and it hasn't hurt at all this season. Oh, great. So maybe um, you just got a stronger back and core. I know I have, <laughs> I'm so, I just feel so much stronger. Um, and I feel like, yeah, my balance is a lot better. Like sometimes I'll still get thrown into the back seat. Like I'll lean, I'll lean back on my, everybody leans back on their skis. And I found that I'm doing that less now. It's actually helped a lot in my skiing. I've definitely noticed. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, <laughs> it's really cool. 
Um, last question for you. I always like to finish with some kind of advice or kind of just give you the floor here and let you kind of say, say what you want to say. What do you want to say to the people who are maybe in the similar boat as you like have been kind of dreaming about ballet, but didn't know they could do it or maybe wanted to, I don't know, wanted to try, but didn't, but didn't do it. I don't know. What, what, what do you have for, for the ballerinas out there who are thinking about it? I think the timing right now couldn't be any better. The, the best time to start is right now, if you haven't started already. And I don't think you should be afraid of not getting good or being a pro. I mean, in skiing, no one in the history of skiing has ever been like, oh, well, I'm not going to be a professional skier, so I'm not going to go skiing. Um, so like, I think it's so silly when people think that about ballet, because <laughs> It doesn't matter if you're not going to be a pro, it's still fun and you can still get really good at it, even if you start as an adult. So the timing right now, like do it now, <laughs> sign up right now, <laughs> go to your first class, do it. Oh man, I'm laughing so much. That's just so true. Like it just sounds completely absurd when you say it about skiing. Like I'm not going to be a pro, so why bother go to the slopes today? Like, no, like you're so right. I That would never even cross your mind. No, <laughs> there's like beginners all over the mountain. People do have no idea what's going on and they still go skiing. Like it should be the same way with it. Things like ballet. It's so like, just do it. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so true. It's so true. Why it's odd what we've accepted. You can be a beginner at as an adult and what we've decided that our adults aren't allowed to be beginners at. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. So funny. Well, this has been so much fun. I feel like I learned a ton about at ballet, even through your eyes from skiing. What a fun conversation. Thanks so much for your time and perspective. What a, what a great conversation to be able to chat about all these things. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. For more adult ballet, you can dance with us in our online studio with over 20 hours of live Zoom classes each week, including pre-point and point, or our on-demand technique library with structured courses, variations, and recorded live classes. We also offer ballet exams just for adults, including ballet technique, point, and pre-point for individual feedback and guidance. Don't forget to follow our studio on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at Broche Ballet. I'm Julie, and this was Broche Banter. Happy dancing!